You're listening to Germantown Community Radio 92.9 WGGTLP, Philadelphia, and online all the time at gtownradio.com. Welcome to Cue the Mic. Cue the Mic, Cue the Mic. Um, this is Dr. Renee Norris-Jones. I love my accent. I'm not sure where I, I, I think it's, it's European, but I think someone said that it was um, Brooklyn, so... I'm not quite sure, but I'm going for the European accent, but it's Dr. Renee Norris-Jones and the accent's there because I don't take myself too seriously. Um, my grandson calls me Dr. Grandmother, but he just turned five, so some of that gets garbled in there. Sometimes he just calls me Dr. Doctor, especially if there's a toy anywhere to be seen. But my pronouns are- Does he have a bad case of loving you? I'm sorry? Does he have a bad case of loving you, Dr. Doctor? Yes, he does, yes, he does, ah. yes, he does. <laughs> um, so my pronouns are, she, her, hers, doctor, and sometimes dude. I'll answer to dude. Yo, dude, I, I'll answer to that. And I'm here with my co-host, Sandy. Hello, I'm Sandy Smith, uh, day job, home and real estate editor at Philadelphia Magazine. Uh, side gigs include this and columnist for Next City uh, and the uh, man about town in general. Uh, in order to discourage people sending me letters that begin, Dear Ms. Smith, uh, my pronouns are he, him, and his. And uh, with us also, our other cohorts, Herman Epperson. Hey, my name's Herman. Um, I am uh, the straight ally of the show. I have uh, served in the PA Army National Guard from 06 to 2017. And I'm a full-time student at Community College of Philadelphia, uh, majoring in theater, and I do armed security on the side sometimes. Okay. CCP. I started at CCP. Go, go, CCP. Yes. And we also have a special guest, um, my friend Sharon Q. Sherman. Now, Sharon just wrote a book, but I'll let her tell you about that. But oftentimes over the years, I have described that I have this friend, and we used to play everything from baby dolls to jumping rope and hopscotch. And I would demonstrate how, you know, we would take, you know, the babies that you feed the bottle to and how we would cut the baby's mouth open and pick all the plants and the flowers from people's gardens and make this mush. And at some point, someone's just like, you cut the baby's mouth open and it just went the wrong way. But the funny part is, is that when you held that baby up a couple of days later or a couple of weeks later, the smell, look at Herman's face. Herman had this look on his face like, what? Um, the smell was just horrible well and, and if you fed the baby liquid it would come out but it wasn't really that kind of baby we cut the baby's mouth open and feed her so my dear childhood friend we grew up on the on the same block 1717 and 1705 sharon yes. hi what? what oh i'm sharon c sherman yes but the baby episode she's making it sound really really bad but you gotta look at it as that we were care people we wanted to make sure they were fed <laughs> we didn't know any better so that's how we looked at it. renee <laughs> we just cut them open we wanted to make sure they had food so i, I we feel like she should have opened with that huh? <laughs> i feel like she should have opened with that context of like hey we were trying to feed the baby yes we were trying to feed the baby because we were careful little kids that cared about babies 
But and we, and we had to sneak the flowers from the from the neighbors' gardens. They'd be watching us. We're not doing anything. And there was this one little petal that was smushy like a lima bean. Oh <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, but we would feed them. But that's but it that's looked like milk to us. It did. Yes, it did. It, like it did. It did. Hmm. So uh, Sharon, what's the name of the book? Oh, uh, in a house with my dogs. Um, <laughs> well, that that's the that's the title of the book. And it is about me being in this house during quarantine with these three dogs. Um, it's, it's a children's book. It's a children's book. But um, I learned a lot. Not that I didn't notice too much before, but when you're really like around them, I, I learned a lot. Um, they're, they're interesting. Um, <laughs> so like well, it's, it's, it's a great children's book. I've already ordered a copy for my two grandsons and... I'm ordering a copy for my great and great great nephews and nieces. It's yeah. a really great children's book. Yeah. So, but here, here I'm publishing a book. Um, there were so many people who published books in during the pandemic. Did anyone else notice that? All the authors that were out there. I can't say that I noticed that there was an uptick in people coming out with printed material. But you come to think of it, we're all we're all sitting here with time on our hands. <laughs> yes. So yes. it surprised me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there are at least five or six people that I know whose books I have on my shelf that published. I got notification between Thanksgiving and probably a couple weeks ago that they have a new book. So moving on. Yes. Sandy. Uh, what's on today's, what's on this week's show? Well, of course, we began with our weekly why pronouns stat matter segment. Uh, then we have political cues and news, and there are a lot of them this week. Uh, our trans spotlight, uh, ever popular gay answers to straight questions, and then our lightning round, newsworthy or not. Um, today in history? Well, let's see. I haven't actually found anything noteworthy that's queer in today's history, in history today. Um, we'll be back next week. No. No, you found something? Uh, not, not, not that was queer. There's some interesting historical stuff. Um, like, you know, this was, this was the day that the first U.S. dollar bill came out in 1862. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 A trip to the Mint. <laughs> All right. I actually, I'm going, oh my goodness. I had something on the... February what? Okay. I had something on the two things. I'm sorry. I am just having a moment today on the trans spotlight and the pronoun section. And I am pulling that now because I am really running behind myself. Um, Next two of us. Yes. So for the pronoun segment, you know, Sharon and I had a conversation the other day about why pronouns matter. Yeah. I think was, yeah. Um, and I think I was describing to show, to the show to her. Um, do you recall what that was, Miss 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 Sherman? I don't. Go ahead. Tell me. Okay. All right. Um, but we were talking about why pronouns matter. Um, and you know the pronouns people have of he, they, them. Had what? 
he, they, them are pronouns. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, well, some, something that came up, and I'm sorry for being behind in this. This, oh, this has been a crazy, a crazy week. This popped up on several trivia quizzes, but it seems that this year, Merriam-Webster named they as the word of the year. Oh, wow. Huh. Well, there you go. There you go. As, as yeah. I was stumbling through there, going through my papers going. What year was that again? So over. 2020. 2020 they yes as the word they, of the year they referred to a single to a single person nice wow pretty huh. recent history good and, and, you know and, and i think in 2020 academia also caught up with that you know the we talked about this a little bit before the apa i think yeah when chris was on the show they mentioned that right right, right. um and it's challenging for me because I teach MBA students. So, you know, everything's all about the APA and American Psychological Association, not to be confused with the, um, what was that, Sandy? The news? Uh, oh, wait a minute. And excuse me, they was the word of the year for 2019. Um. <laughs> well, in 2020, um, the APA, the American Psychological Association for, um, MBA students and other students as well um, made, they acknowledged that they could be used in a singular form. Um, it's hard for me in grading student papers because I'm, I'm so into the, into the academic, you know, whether they're using it properly, that it takes me a minute to go back and include they in there. Um, yeah. And I think in, until we hear it more frequently, it won't sound as awkward. Right. Um, so Herman, are you, I, I know you're doing theater. How are you guys addressing they in your classrooms? Um, well, uh, I think I actually forgot to mention my pronouns when I gave my intro, but it's he, him. But that is something we do in our, um, we've been doing in our class too. It's, you know, your pronouns. Because then you get, you then you have uh, actors and um, who will play roles that are other than their gender or whatever they want to be identified. So then they have to adopt that character's pronouns. And oh, wow. I, I mentioned that last, um, a few shows ago where um, I went to my first drag show and my friend is uh, there non-binary but they adopted a character that was male. And so when they were in character, their pronouns were male pronouns. Oh. So, and then when they weren't, uh, it was back to they. Um, and that's, so, yeah, that's, how, that's how we do it. We just, uh, we just clear the air with that right from the bat. And then uh, we adjust as we go, because we do, you know, we do, you know, switch genders and different roles and, or we'll have an exercise where maybe the, the, in the play, it's played by a woman and we'll get a, you know, someone to come in and be a man for that and just give it a whole new um, perspective on that character. Wow. Huh. Yeah. It's real fun. Well, that's a whole, that, that's a whole segment right there by itself on how that's addressed and, and do you think that that is universal through all theater programs or I would all classes hope, i would hope i mean um i can i'm speaking directly for ccp but i'm in a couple groups online with um with a lot of um theater folk and they do the same thing so it's i don't want to speak out of term here but it, it's 
it's uh, this proliferating in, in that area too. So it's something we pay attention to. So do you think it's because it's the theater department and there's more acceptance? Just curious. I, CCP has been pretty good with um, the whole with LGBTQ issues as far as I know. Okay. Um, they even like, even, even on um, our canvas profiles. Gender non-binary. I'm sorry? College's mascot, Rory, is gender non-binary. Oh, there you go. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, even on CCP's Canvas, where when we do our uh, uh, coursework, you can choose your pronouns to display on your profile. So oh, wow. address you as such. So um, as far as I know, and me being straight dude, it seems pretty good. Um, but with the theater program and getting into the pronouns from the start, um, it has helped, a, it's helped me get used to um, referring to people's they, them, or whatever they want to be called. And then, you know, me growing up, just, you know, I see someone who looks feminine, I call them she. Okay. So breaking that habit, like you said, getting used to saying them and, um, Hmm. It, it really it really helped it really helped and yeah I, 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 yeah I think the one thing that helped me um was learning I'm not sure who the guest was a year or two ago and so I found out that the best way to approach it is to say um hi I'm Renee or I identify as she her how about you and people respond positive positively yep. to when you say that exactly if you're not sure what your pronouns are you say I, I identify as she, her, what about you? And again, people actually thank you. They have, there's a lot of respect that goes when you say that to them. They usually say, thank you very much. Sandy is holding up the sheet telling me that we are running way behind. He was doing the watch <laughs> thing and now he has the sheet up there going, we're going way over. I'm gonna step back one second and ask Ms. Q Sherman, what are yeah. your pronouns? My pronouns on She, her. She, so, her. Yeah, Sharon is a straight ally. A ally just meaning that she is a friend of many. A friend of many, the LGBTQ <laughs> many. plus um, community. I don't really, I don't think that I'll be addressing them any differently. I didn't really pay that any attention. Now I will. But because I don't identify or separate, divide, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I don't know, like when I'm talking to nieces, nephews, I don't, they just, how you doing? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. So that's something I'm really start paying attention to. Right. So what happened to me is, so it sounds like we need to do a whole show about just kind of stepping back to that. Right. Sandy's going to put his watch up for a second. A couple of some, uh, Christmases ago, I was at the Barnes and Noble Rittenhouse Square. And now it's a big Harry Potter fan. So I was, um, I was in there and, you know, the Harry Potter stuff is in one section, but then there's little pieces all around. So when I got to the counter, the person behind me, I saw some stuff, Harry Potter behind the counter. Right. And I asked the person that was helping me, oh, is that Harry Potter too? And they were so helpful. The line was long as heck a week before Christmas and this person took so much time and was bringing out these things and I'm texting my daughter going so I'm sorry which one of these is the house you have to belong to or something for Potter and the woman 
not the woman, the person that was helping me. I wanted to say, Sandy's giving me the rap for that, Renee. So the person that was helping me, you know, at that point, someone goes out of their way. And I usually say, thank you, kind sir, or thank you. Something, you know, to right, let them know right, that I really right. appreciate it. But I'm looking at this person and all of a sudden I could not, I realized I could not determine their gender. Oh. And I was stuck in that moment because they were androgynous and I could not tell what their gender was. And all I could say was, thank you, thank you. Um, and in that moment, that's when kind of the light bulb went off to me. And that's when you ask people, I go by she, her. So as a straight uh, female, you go by she, her when, when someone's addressing you. Some people go by they. Some people go by, what is it, there? And there's a whole list of pronouns that people go by. And, and I know, Sandy, you're saying that, like, to wrap it up. I, I get yes. it. I'm, I'm just wanted to say this, though, but from, from my point of view, it was like, I never knew you had to address a certain way. Like, I don't differ it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. they're just who they are. And I didn't know. So if I see someone out and they're different, I just say, thank you. Right. You know what I mean? I don't say, thank you, sir, her, or because you don't know. Right. For me, uh, not knowing yeah. the person, but people I do know. I keep it, hey, nephew, or, you know, even though he's still wearing hair and he accepts that. Right. You know, so, so now does I, he I'm go by to... she or her? You know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, before done. Sandy puts up one more thing, he's going to reach done. his hand through the phone. We're going to do an extended pronoun segment next week and totally get into Sharon's position in this. And she's not alone when people say, you know what? I exactly. didn't know that there was something that exactly. I needed to do. So that's definitely going to be next week. Sandy, we are moving on. I'm done. I'm going to suggest <laughs> we, we should probably make the trans spotlight short this week because there's a ton of political news. Oh, my goodness. There, there's, there is so much a, a, um So the, we started doing a trans spotlight to highlight things that are going on um, whether it's a person or an organization or a deed. And one of the things that I would like to make for the trans spotlight this week is that there is a book called The Teen Trans Survival Guide. Um, and it's written for, it's supposed to be everything that's needed as, tween, as teens. This is from 2018. Um, authors Fox Fisher um, and Al discussed their book, and I would like to get them on the show in a couple of weeks to talk about it. And even though the book is from 2018, a lot of the ideas and thoughts in still the book relevant. are right. They're still very relevant. So I think that there's that that's important, and there's a lot of resources out there for um, trans individuals and our trans youth. Okay. There we go, Sandy. I got it all out. <laughs> we on the political? Yeah, yeah. we're on the political, political cues and news. Uh, we've got a lot of good national stuff going on, but I would like to start this week with an item close to home that I think is going to generate a lot of interest uh, in the city, area, and region. Uh, I'm sure that everybody knows that uh, our uh, junior senator, Pat Toomey, has decided not to seek reelection two years hence. Um, which probably left him free to vote his conscience on the second Trump impeachment, which he did. Uh, 
there's already at least one high profile candidate who's announcing he's seeking the Democratic nomination, and that is Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman. Uh, to this past this week past, he was joined by a second state representative, Malcolm Kenyatta, the first openly gay black member of the Pennsylvania General Assembly. Um, Kenyatta, uh, I think, has taken a lot of people by surprise with this announcement, including me. Um, I haven't yet read uh, much much commentary on it, but I I think that personally. He's moving too far too fast. Uh, mm. This is his first term as a state representative. And even though if you tune on MSNBC, he's on like every third show, <laughs> huh. um, you know, half the, half the state, or probably about three quarters of the state doesn't watch MSNBC. And unless you live in Philadelphia, you're not gonna know who this guy is. Right. Whereas John Fetterman, is now quite well known. Now, can you bring, I saw something on my son's feed or maybe he sent me something inbox on Facebook about Fetterman. Can you give me a little bit of perspective on Fetterman? Like I heard the name a couple of weeks ago. Well, John Fetterman knocked off, um, I'm trying to remember who was the Lieutenant Governor now. Silver, I think, or something like that. Eminently forgettable. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anyway, he knocked he knocked off uh, Tom Wolf's lieutenant governor when Wolf sought re-election. He is probably the most unorthodox and, in many respects, colorful politician in the state. Um, he's a white guy, and I describe him as having the build of a bouncer in a biker bar and the brains of a Harvard grad, which he is. He attended the Kennedy School white guy who was mayor of a mostly black town, a depressed steel town in Allegheny County outside Pittsburgh called Braddock. Huh. Uh, has tattoos on his left arm, on his both arms. On the left is Braddock's zip code, 15212. <laughs> on the right is, I think it's a star for every person who was murdered in the borough the wow. year he was mayor. Wow. Uh, he, he could, one of the first things he did when he got elected Lieutenant Governor was conduct a listening tour on marijuana legalization. Um, he managed to convince his boss to change his position on the subject. He now supports it. Um, this guy has already demonstrated, you know, a willingness to, if you will, color outside the lines of what's acceptable in this state, uh, you know, push a cause and get some results. Um, he has a track record. Uh, I don't think Kenyatta has been around long enough to establish one. Yeah, you know what? I just did a quick Google for Fetterman. He's against, we, he's in favor of, of abolishing the capital punishment in Pennsylvania. Um, Lee wants to legalize marijuana. Minimum wage should be 15. Healthcare. Um, Fetterman is supportive of Medicare for all, citing that healthcare is a fundamental need and right. Um, just that alone, it, it makes me want to kind of see what it's, what he's about. Um, so do you think that he does? I'm looking at his photograph and it looks like he could be a bouncer and a biker bar. Absolutely. Really? He did play football, but, um, his wife, uh, Giselle Barreto Fetterman, Fetterman, I'm sorry. She's actually an activist too, um, from 
Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Wow. Um, and she is uh, she fights for uh, immigration rights and reform. Wow. So. He is also known for not wearing suits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at this photograph. Uh, Karen, Karen, did you did we able to pull it up? It it definitely it looks like he has. I'm actually um I take notes. I'm like okay. slow. So okay. I like to go back on my okay. <laughs> so it looks like he it. has on he's it a state like, representative. Uh-huh. Yeah, it looks like he has on um you know what they wear in prison? A wrinkled shirt. Right? I want to say yeah, a union suit is what they're known as. He usually dresses in one. That's what he dressed as in Mayor Braddock during the general election campaign two years ago. Uh, there was a or 2020. There was a excuse me 2018. Uh, there was a very funny YouTube oh, wow. video in the style of a "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" in Philadelphia episode. Oh God! Titled <laughs> "Wow." Governor what Wolf buys John Fetterman a necktie. Wow. Uh -huh. I, wow. I, I, I never understood that show. Um, well, it's just absurdist humor. It's yeah, very absurdist. Yeah. Okay. There's okay. every, if you go into the show thinking that there are no protagonists, you'll get it. Yes. Because no one is a good person on that show. Well, it's, it's just it's shenanigans. Losers who inherit a bar and get into all sorts of misadventures. Perhaps yeah. the signature episode of the show to give you the essence of it is where one of the where one of the main characters, Charlie, joins an anti-abortion group so he can pick up girls. Okay. Yeah. It's Alrighty. a bunch of really tone-deaf people um, from Philly. And I'm, I'm sure we know a lot of those. So it checks out for me. Mm -hmm. Wow. He went to Harvard. So, I, did, I, had to, I had to look because he is a big dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. Wow. Um, but anyway, you know, I do think it's going to be an uneven contest. Fortunately for Malcolm, he does not have to give up his state house seat in order to run. He will need to return to it once he's lost. Um, we're we're going to hear great things from him. I'm sure we are. Um, but, you know, um, I, I tend to look kind of, you know, askance at people who seem to be too ambitious too soon. I mean... So, so do you think this is going to turn into a race war, a race war, a race, a race race? Um, not in this area. It might in Western Pennsylvania. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, I heard that Kenyatta was running. I didn't really, I just saw the headline go across. Didn't really look in it, into it too much. I was like, okay, he's on the move. And I didn't look at it and didn't know that. I didn't know what he was running for and that he was running across and running against Fetterman. I just saw that he was running for something. Oh, he's running against them. Okay, see? Yeah. Thank you for this information. Yeah, so, um, okay. Now, you've got something interesting, Renee, here, and uh, I think you should maybe explain it. Yeah, so last week we discussed the... Um, the, they're not trolls. What are they called? I guess that's another name for Turks. the Turks. Yes. And we were talking about how they were against, and one of the Turks is the Harry Potter. What's her name? Author? Uh, author J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. Yes, J.K. Rowling. So they were, they were against the Tampix ad. And I thought the oh, Tampix ad was, um, it was good. It said, fact, not all women have periods. Also a fact, 
Not all people with periods are women. Let's celebrate the diversity of all people who bleed. And the Turks were about this. And Herman asked, how do the, did we know how the, how the trans community responded to this? And I have my notes here. I swear I am never this disorganized. Basically the notes that I got from reading up and following the trans community, community was that they were very appreciative of it. Um, they respected the fact that tampons, Tampex got it and was respectful. Um, all of the feedback that I saw was very positive. Oh, because of the, um, the picture they put on the um, box? Is that what you're talking about? No, they came out with an ad that said, so when we're talking about different people's pronouns, so you have trans men and trans women. So trans right. men are, were previously, they were born, help me out here, people. Well, basically, the, uh, the, the, the idea is that somehow uh, trans people do not have their sex organs changed or something like that, if I remember. Right, right. So someone who is a trans man was born woman a woman right a woman so tampons by putting out saying not all women have periods is a fact also a fact not all people have periods or women so if you're a trans man okay you follow me that so is. it says and they went on to say let's let's celebrate the diversity in all who bleed. Right, 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 I got it. Um, and Herman's response was, do we know how the trans community was Responded. responding to that? And I did go back because I wanted to see what was out there and all of the feedback that I read and I kind of did a little bit of research to see what was out there. They all embraced the, I mean, there were some folks who were indifferent, but the majority of folks embraced and applauded Tam, Tampax for Putting it um, yeah, yeah, for putting it out there. Okay, okay. So I just wanted to follow up on that. And Herman, you have some, um, you have a couple things for us. Yeah, um, well, on the um, topic of uh, trans issues, it's uh, the, the ban that President Biden rescinded that the pres former President Trump tried to, uh, or actually did put into action was the uh, ban on trans individuals serving in the military. In so many words, he tried to forcibly kick them out and prevent them from enlisting or commissioning. This, this was Trump, correct? This is what Trump tried to do. Um, right. So uh, uh, last month, uh, President Biden on the 25th, I believe, he uh, rescinded that. Yeah. And yeah. back to... Uh, yeah. Trans, uh, transgender um, personnel can serve openly in the military now. Right. Um, so according to the Washington Blade, which is a um, LGBTQ news source, um, there is a transgender Navy corpsman. And for those that don't know, a corpsman is basically a, a, a medic we would know him as a medic in the army. Um, and uh, she is, can, she can serve 
openly now. And uh, her name is uh, Akira Wyatt, um, 29-year-old Black Filipina. I am Black Filipino, so um, glad I'm happy for her. We get a lot of, how should I say, bull crap <laughs> <laughs> from, uh, from being so racially ambiguous in the military. I, I can go on and on about that, but um, she is uh, one of approximately 15,000 transgender service members serving in the military right now. And how many? 15,000. Wow. Yeah. Um, and they deserve to be seen and respected, especially if they're going to serve this country. Um, say what you want about, you know, politics, defense of the Constitution, but it is a job. And I do believe it's a job that people, it's a job that we need. I just wish, you know, more politicians, more people would actually look out for us. Um, when there was a failure to impeach Trump um, a few weeks back, I actually said that, you know, I... I, I said that I uh, regret serving a country. I, I regret serving this country sometimes. And it's, it's just like, sometimes I feel everything is a joke. I, on my own tour, I, I don't know if anything I did ever mattered, but. There were, not to cut you off, so many black men. Yes, I was a predominantly the same thing. black like They didn't want them to be a part of the, you know. Yeah, and like. Right, right. It, it's, I, I served in a predominantly black unit and it's like, you know, a lot of, a lot of people there were there with me and a lot of, you know, you know, our white allies too, they were right there with me, but I get like, you know, there was some criticism in my comments about it where a person said, you know, you should never want to, you should never want to um, not be American because something didn't go your way. And I'm like, I'm criticizing America. If all you took from what I said was I didn't want to be American anymore, right? Then that's a mm -hmm. whole other thing we got to unpack. Because, right. Yeah. As you I know, speak my father. My father was one of them, and yeah. it was sad, you know. So I understand completely what you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. But even that, like, it's it, it just it goes back to Vietnam. It goes back to World War yes. II and beyond. It's yes. like. You get people of color to serve in the military. Yes. Even then, it was worse back then because they were still Jim Crow segregation was still mm -hmm. a thing. But that feeling of coming back home and just yes. you're just trash. All the beer commercials and Super Bowls ain't going to help. Well, I thank you for being there. Thank, I appreciate it. And what I was getting to that is, despite how angry and frustrated I was feeling, a lot of people did say, you know, I'm sorry that you know. I'm glad you did serve. Right. And I'm sorry everything is so so terrible, but you know, we're glad right. that you did it anyway. Yes. If, for us, if not yes. for anything. So yes. in the end, I do feel that way about, you know, just you know, anybody who serves and wants to serve and you come back to just this. Well that uh, I, I think a lot of us learned an important lesson from Vietnam because we treated the soldiers who returned from that war horribly as though they were responsible, responsible for the decisions made way above them that got them there. Yeah. They were doing their job. Yeah. They, 
they were answering their country's call, which they said they would do. Mm-hmm. You know? So they do, they deserve no blame for having done what they were supposed to do. And it that the decisions were wrong is right. another matter entirely. Blame the decision makers. And you know, something I guess try to get through this real quick, but something that made me real angry, especially moving to like West Philly and like meeting some of these so-called white allies, is that um with um probably pretty legitimate reasons, there's a lot of people that hate the military still, and I totally get why. Right. But like um well, I mean, just the way the military's managed, you know, the civilian deaths, I, I can go on and on. Um, but the politics behind, you know, uh, OIF and OEF. But so they're willing, the, the people I've met around here are willing to just like judge me for being in the military as if it was like a, you know, a lot of, a lot of the millennials who, who have served like kind of see this as our Vietnam because there's groups of people that just hate us for being soldiers. And I get it. But it's the fact that they don't realize a lot of like poor, um, poor people join the military to get out of their conditions to get exactly. out. Of exactly. And then so they're like, okay, so you're going to you're going to be out here for like Black Lives Matter, and then turn around and call me trash because I joined the military, but not right. realizing I was right. a product. I had to do something to get out, and at the time maybe as terrible as it was, that was like the only route that seemed like it would amount to something to me. But you weren't the only one. Yeah. I've, I've known plenty, many men and women that mm-hmm. have chose to do that for, for college, didn't yeah. have the money to go, you know what I'm saying? For schooling or to travel. They have so many different reasons. So that goes for several of my own cousins too. Yeah. Right. You know? And now- the criticism I get now is like, oh, uh, Herman, you're so anti-military or you're so anti-America. You should stop using your benefits. I'm like, oh, okay. So that, I signed the contract. So, you know. I was going to drop in an old canard. It's a saying I'm sure you've heard. It's actually two sentences and only the first sentence gets quoted a lot. Uh Uh-huh. You've heard it, my country, right or wrong? Yes. Here's Mm -hmm. the second sentence. When right to be kept right, when wrong to be made right. Oh, you tell your critics that what you're trying to do is make what's wrong right. I never heard that. I really never heard that part of the sentence. That Me provides a lot of context. <laughs> yes. Wow. So. It, it says here that President Biden has given the gift of opportunity to thousands of individuals who will use it to serve the country they love. Um, I don't think people realize the when things like 9-11 happened or when um, the terror, yeah, the terrorist attacks that um, we have people that, that are fighting for our right to live the way we do in America, you know, um, and until you realize and really understand what that means, um, and, and I, I, that, which I, I can't understand what people are saying, well, you know, you shouldn't have did this or you shouldn't use your benefits to put your life on the line in any capacity to um for your country you know what i'm saying so other people have rights other people have rights i think that that's um commendable you know and it's it's hard to understand my dad was in the military two of 
my exes, I think maybe three. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it's, a, and you've mentioned they're millennials. I'm just, I don't think people really realize what kind of, what you're doing and, and, and the positions that you find yourself in. It's usually those that talk that didn't do the, uh, I hate to say it, it's usually those, it's, you know, whether they be on the right or left, right. it's everybody who hasn't served, who has given me the most crap about my service, whether exactly. I should be exactly. the thing I should feel mad about where I should feel good about. Um, and and mm-hmm. the end, I'm just like, you all just go and list and just do that and then get back to me because I'm tired of it. Exactly. Well, I salute you. Thank you. Soldier on, yeah. man. Soldier huh? on. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think what really sums it up is when ex-president Trump said that he talked about, um, I don't support losers when he was talking about uh, prisoners of war. Hey. Yeah. Um, and oh, yes. I feel the rage. I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going. I'm not going to keep going. Okay. He had yeah. no understanding <laughs> what, of of fighting men and women when he said that to him. He, and he that said was that attempt. He was saying that to uh, John McCain. Right. right. McCain. Yeah. Right. And like maybe you right. know, John McCain and I probably won't agree a lot in politics. Um, but the thing is that he served was a POW, did his time, and I respect mm-hmm. that. Exactly. Yeah. That's the and, point and, I was then, talking about, yeah. But, you know, Trump was totally fine with, you know, taking away all the money from people's uh, veterans' GI bills for his, uh, for his uh, school that he tried to put up. So, whatever. I wasn't... <laughs> uh, that, that should be in an episode unto itself. You know, yeah. The, the, the uh, you know, uh, Donald Trump catharsis episode. Um, <laughs> but it, accident, you have to put ex president in it to really make it feel feel better about it. Yes. Um, but, uh, so it I, was, I, I would like to suggest that right now, though, speaking of uh, people who passed from the scene, uh, we have a moment to recognize uh, a talk radio host who basically transformed the genre, uh. Rush Limbaugh, mm. who passed away, finally succumbed to stage four cancer on February 17th. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, many of us love to hate him, and there's plenty of re- he gave us plenty of reasons to do so. Um, he was homophobic, he was misogynist, he was neat, he was provocative, you know, poke people with sharp sticks just so he could poke people with sharp sticks. And in his own words, he did this all with half his brain tied behind his back just to make it fair. Um, but he did make talk radio entertaining and the genre would not be here probably it wouldn't be as big as it is if it weren't for that that's that that is the upside the downside is unfortunately a lot of the people who followed in his footsteps have millions of people believing stuff that isn't true (laughs) Yeah, and, and I think what I remember about him, and tell me whether this is the same guy, when was it Camden, the women's basketball team? Rutgers. Rutgers, yes. Oh. Um, he said called something about, uh-huh. he called them monkeys or something? Nappy headed. Yeah. yeah, okay, okay. All right. Wow, so there's that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure a host of other equally 
Um, Interesting things, though, is he was not shy about explaining what he was doing and why he was doing. He says, look, uh, it was a great quote, actually, in this NPR uh, homily of him. Um, what was it? Here we go. I always say my real purpose is to attract the largest audience I can and hold it for as long as I can so I can charge confiscatory advertising rates. And, and it's understandable that he believed right. that, but there were so many, um, and I can name a few African-Americans that tried the same thing, were shut down. Mm-hmm. Were shut down, taken off the air. So yeah. I don't, apl- I can't applaud him. I'm sorry. It's, I don't, I, I've been listening to you and I really love your knowledge. I'm just, just uh, like a historian. No, but that- I'm I not asking anybody to applaud Rush Limbaugh. I'm just, I'm just acknowledging, you know, he was too big a presence to simply ignore. Well, this is like the J.K. Rowling thing, like, you know, okay, they did this, and now they're a terrible people. So how do we, how do we put one in each of, in each box? And maybe you just have to have two boxes. Hey, they did this, <laughs> and, but they're also really terrible people, and you just have to have both boxes. Yeah, I like that. Well, what that quote to me reveals about Limbaugh is that actually hard, he was a huge cynic. Um, there are plenty of reasons to be cynical about politics. I don't, we don't th- really have the time to go into them here. <laughs> uh, but that, that kind of cynicism on, an, on, a, on a massive scale gets corrosive. And we are now watching what happens when it's rusted through the superstructure of our political system right so he okay so you know maybe he his the what he was doing on radio may have revolu- revolutionized talk shows so we exist but now people like ben shapiro also exist so it's like i i hate to use the cliche you gotta take the good with the bad but this is really bad yeah well i'm gonna take sandy's role here and I am going to move us forward because we are quickly running out of time. Um, we're going to have to table some of our um, political news and cues for next week. And there were some really, really good ones. Does anyone have anything they just need to throw in there really quick? No. Uh, I think I got everything. I said my piece. <laughs> okay. And I think the last thing that we have for political cues was on the, oh yes, it's, it's telling your representatives to vote yes in support of the Equality Act. Oh, no. The Equality Act is a federal piece of federal legislation. Yeah, basically the Equality Act in, uh, ensures that uh, sexual orientation is a protected category for all forms of discrimination, uh, not just employment, which is what uh, the Supreme Court decided in Bostock versus Clayton County, Georgia. So, right. You know, brief explainer that basically this updates the civil rights, you know, the, the uh, Civil Rights Act so that it covers sexual orientation, discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation in all areas that, you know, federal civil rights law covers. Okay. Um, so this wasn't. Um... And by the way, according to the Wikipedia article, this was introduced in the previous Congress. It sailed through the House on on a bipartisan vote, but the Senate never took it up. And ex-President Trump 
had signaled he would veto it if it if it reached his desk. Good. So, I mean, I, I guess what strikes me, and sometimes you don't realize what's absent until you kind of hear it in print, if that makes sense, or just hear it. I did not know that, that that the Equality Act was not a piece of something that we were already protected under. Uh, apparently, no. There's There was a Supreme Court case, uh, Bostock versus Clayton County, Georgia, that ruled that the Civil Rights Act does protect against discri employment discrimination on the grounds of sexual orientation. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. And I somehow remember that Chief Justice Roberts wrote the opinion and basically hinged it on a definition of sex in the Civil Rights Act, an expansive definition of it. Right. Wow. Um, I, I, I am so going to share this link on um, our social media page. I had no clue that... Um, that we did not have this right. Um, am I alone in this, I'm assuming? When was this passed? Because I remember hearing about it, but the, the time frame. Yes. Um, so this was, I'm sorry, I just, I actually just voted for why I was actually covering that. This was on policy matters through PFLAG and it was from I believe two weeks ago, but it's it's current. Like it's 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 right now, so it's not something that you know. It's one of those things that you don't even realize doesn't exist. That this right you have doesn't exist until something like this, and you go, what what what, what happened? Yeah, um, that's now very good to know. Yeah, so I'm actually going to share this. Um, you know, it's one of those quick things where you can, um, it tells you who your um, political um, person is that you need to send the message to. It says, tell your legislators to vote yes to pass the Equality Act, HR5, that's Harry Renee 5, when it comes to the floor of the House and the Senate for a vote. There's a form here that you can email fax or even send a tweet. So I think it's important that we share that in and outside of our communities to get that done. Yep. There are some things that we will put off until next week that are equally as important and, and we'll chat about it, but we're just gonna move through. We are going to move on to, oh my goodness. Oh, we're gonna move on to GASQ, okay? GASQ. Um, the answer to straight questions. Gay answers to straight questions. So as gay folks, we are often asked some of the most ridiculous, ridiculous questions. Mm. Um, so this is an opportunity for, it's meant to be educational. Clueless. Um, clueless. But it's, it's, you said it's what, it's clueless? Clueless for the clueless. Yes, yes. So um, these are questions that have been submitted by um, it's gay answers to straight questions. So these are questions from straight individuals that are um, that we we ask folks to put them out there. So the first one, it literally was. I have a couple of them here, and there were a few 
um, that I just, it was, um, there's so many. It says, why are all ministers of music and black churches gay or is that a stereotype? That's not true. It's a stereotype. Yeah. It's a pretty culturally powerful one. How, how many have they gone to to like get that idea? Well, I'm I mean, an agnostic, so I couldn't even begin to answer, but um, why are all, all ministers of music and black churches gay? All. All? They're that's, not all. Not all. That's not true. Yeah, so I, that's why I'm asking, like, how many churches did they go to to find, like... Exactly. Who are they going to the church and say, oh, let me see? Yeah, and they're like, oh, he's gay, he's gay, he's gay. <laughs> Next. <laughs> And uh, there's a second thing we got to remember. To present as effeminate does not mean you're gay. This is true. To present as a feminist does not mean you're gay. Correct. As in feminine, well, not feminist. Yeah. So to add to that, um, just as a footnote, because I know we have to move on. I've been told many times in my almost 64 years that as a Black woman, I cannot be a feminist. Sorry. Well, that's an interesting one. Let's unpack yeah. that next week. Yeah, that that I cannot be gay because I mean I cannot be a feminist because I'm black. Okay. I've seen, I've seen Facebook groups where it was like black, um, basically blacks against uh, feminism. Yeah. Like and I've seen like the I didn't I just seen like who would populate these pages and it's hilariously it was mostly black men, but. Um, there were black women in them too. So that would yeah. be to unpack. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, I, and I guess what they failed to acknowledge is that I was born in 1957. Okay. I remember my mother going with her to the bank and, you know, she was Mrs. John Norris. Sharon's mother was Mrs. Frontis Q. You know what I'm saying? We had Mrs. Dorothy Johnson. You took your husband's first and last name with a missus in right. front of it you know what uh, i'm saying well, um, not only that but you couldn't have your own bank accounts right right name, you know um i remember being asked when i was 14 and 15 first getting jobs so do you have a boyfriend are you having sex or you are married when are you guys having kids i mean these were legal questions yep Miss Miss Q is sitting over there all quiet, like I don't know what that was about because I'm not even from that era. But we're not even going to go I there. I didn't say no. I'm saying <laughs> I didn't really like. You know, I was in elementary school when I opened up my first bank account. So since it being through the school, I was sharing Q. Right. So I did, at PSFS. Right, but I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. as far as my mom going or whatever. I'm not saying right. like that. I'm just saying I. I was young when I opened it, but yeah, no, I, I was just busting her chops because before the show we were talking about Sandy <laughs> mentioned that only he and I are of a certain age, and I was like, oh, well, well, okay, we're gonna move on. Sandy, what time is it? What, 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 what now, is uh, fifty minutes into the show, which means I think it is time for our weekly lightning round, newsworthy or not. Uh, we're gonna present a series of items that happen in the news and. Each of us is going to give a quick reaction, you know, uh, two thumbs up, two snaps up. Child, please. Hated it. You get the picture. Gotcha. And it's quick and it's fast. All right. I have the first one. Last Sunday was Valentine's Day. Hated it. We're kind of little. <laughs> we're 
kind of running a little bit behind in time because of the pandemic, but Kraft debuted pink flavored mac and cheese for Valentine's Day. Yes. Hated I it. Hated it. And I oh. haven't eaten it yet. I didn't oh. see that. That's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone yeah. else have a gas and have a newsworthy or not item? Oh. Oh, you we only have the one? I, I have more. I have another one. Two men, two men received 77 lashes in public as punishment for having sex with each other in an as Islamic community in Indonesia. Oh, sad. Uh, uh, I roll. I don't know. Uh, um, that, that's uh, pretty messed up. Yeah. It's not even. Uh -uh. Yeah. That's real sad. Yeah. 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 And lastly, Puerto Rico declared state of emergency over murders of multiple transgender people. What? Yeah. Really? What? Run that part back again. They did what? Puerto Rico declared the state of emergency over murders of multiple transgender people. It's good that they're doing something about it. Yeah, it says the violence has spiraled out of control in this U.S. territory, and the governor is doing something about it. Good. What's that? Yeah. That's what happens. Oh, wow. So we are straight out of time. <clears throat> um, I'm going to bid the first by y'all. I spent some time in Texas, so that little part of um, Texas rubbed on me. So this, this is another... Another lovely week of Cue the Mic. Herman, where can they find our podcast? You can find us everywhere. We are on iTunes, Google Play Music. Uh, I'm sorry, Google Play Music. Um, Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, Alexa will find us on Amazon. <laughs> and wherever you can't find us, let us know and we'll help you find us. Sandy, you're taking us home. You don't have to subscribe to premium either, by the way. Uh, as far as I know, we remain completely free of charge. Yes. Um, yes, yeah, so let me take this out there. Uh, uh, you all do what you can to stay safe and warm, especially if you are listening to us from Texas. Um, mm. Thoughts to go uh, out to Texas, yes. Yes. Uh, and everybody else, uh, you know, take care of yourself hope you're getting your shots soon uh, <laughs> otherwise hope you're staying safe and uh, we will see you here next week you have been listening to cue the mic on germantown community radio 92.9 fm wggtlp philadelphia and online at gtownradio.com night everyone see you next week bye Okay. Bye. <laughs>